You're listening to For Eternity and Until, where together we uncover how to bring heaven to earth in our everyday choices and live the life we were created for. I'm your host, Tori Mayhine, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this party started. Welcome back, party people. We're picking up on part two of our five-day time finder challenge. I hope that you actually took the time in our last episode to really do the guide, download it, and set some time (laughs) on your schedule to ask these questions and begin the evaluation of how you're spending your time and what matters most. I'm really hoping and praying that this tool will help you lead a more intentional life through the end of this year and coming into this next year or whatever season that you're listening to this podcast episode. And the reason why I'm walking you through this verbally is because, I don't know, for me, I really do like having that extra layer of guidance and and explanation and examples in someone's life for how they're living this out. So I hope this is helpful for you. If it's not, feel free to press pause on this recording and spend your time listening to something a little bit better than this and just download the guide and do it on your own. I don't care as long as you're doing it. All right, so we're picking it up at day three, which is simplify. In day one and day two, you took inventory and celebrated the major milestones that you've accomplished so far, and you asked some really intentional, important, open-ended questions to help you identify what needs to be prioritized most because it matters most from the lists that you created. And step three is all about simplification. So the first step, of course, like anything, and I mentioned this in the last episode, but I got to repeat it now, is that before you do any of these action steps, invite God into the process to ask him what you need to release and what you need to prioritize. The Holy Spirit is truly the absolute best mentor. You have nothing to prove to anyone. This is not another challenge for you to measure up to or prove that you're not measuring up. This is just a process of reevaluation so that you can live more intentionally. Now, the second step is to begin simplifying some of the culprits of overwhelm and distraction. In the last couple of uh, episodes before this, when we talked about the window of tolerance and what it looks like to feel stressed rather than being stressed, these are some of the things that trigger that stress and key in the mom rage or the overwhelm mode that we can sometimes default to when we have too many things to do and not enough time to do it in our schedule. The more margin that we create, the more intentional we are about what is being prioritized and what gets put onto the schedule to begin with will help us live more intentionally and help us live more presently in our everyday lives. Some of the things in the list, which I'm not going to name all of them, but I'm going to give a couple key uh, things to highlight here. Again, the list can be found in the download section of the show notes, but I can't list all of the things here, but I want to highlight a few. The first is meetings, Zoom meetings, or extra meetings for ministry, or coffee date meetings. Um, However, we are in a season in life, at least for me, where everybody wants to have a meeting. And there were seasons where I really could go out to coffee with anybody and prioritize that. This is not a season for me to do that. And it's not a season for me to prioritize a Zoom meeting every single day, multiple times of the day. 
And so which meetings are essential for you to keep? Which meetings are unessential and you can remove? It may be hard to tell your teammates or your friends in ministry or whoever that you're meeting with, or even the brand new friends that want to go out to coffee with you every two seconds, um, that you cannot meet with them in this season, in that capacity, find a default for what you can invite them for. One of the things that I do for new friends that I meet at church is uh, I invite them to come to my house during the designated time where I lead a small group for my church. Like, you know what? Going to a coffee date is something I would deeply enjoy, but I just don't have the capacity for in this season with working full-time and homeschooling from home. Would you be willing to come to one of our small group times at my house? Even if you can't commit to the entire time, I would love to see you and share a meal with you and we can eat dinner together and kind of get to know each other there. What do you think? Um, I always have a default to something in my schedule that I can invite them to, even if I can't offer them my full undivided attention. Okay, next one, cooking. This is a mom guilt topic that all of us have experienced one form or another, but many of us don't really intentionally get curious about to see where the root systems are for this. Uh, But when I was really intentionally growing my health and wellness business, I felt like I needed to make a home cooked meal every single night because of the nutrition guidelines that I was living up to. And what I found in this season is, you know, the capacity and the focus has changed. So what I needed to learn how to do in a previous season, which is build nourishing meals, I no longer need to learn how to do. I can significantly simplify that in my life, or um, I've tried some subscriptions or some pre-made meal options that are still nourishing, but fast and easy for me and my family. I've also thrown out (laughs) all of the boundaries around never feeding my kids things like mac and cheese or chicken nuggets or frozen pizza, because guess what? There are seasons where sometimes that is what needs to happen. And protecting the peace in our schedule and the peace in my mind is more important than making sure my kids never eat a frozen pizza. Again, what matters most? Here's another one. Extended family relationships. I, for a long season of time, did not have any family that lived nearby me. Um, I came from a hometown where both mine and my husband's family lived right down the street. And so we would be getting pulled to a different dinner night or thing to do all the time. And we moved across the country. And although it was difficult to not have any family nearby, it was actually really empowering for me to choose my schedule again and prioritize our family unit. But then post-COVID, five of my family members moved to this area, and we began needing to evaluate how we spend time with our family. And at points, our extended family really felt like we were not prioritizing them or spending enough time with them. After all, they moved across the country, and they're nearby now. But the truth is, is that with all the other things that I am prioritizing in our marriage and in our family unit, Maybe making time once every four weeks or once every six weeks is the best that I can offer in this season. And I don't communicate that resentfully and I don't have an attitude around it. It's just, you know, the way that it is. I tell them, I love you. I love spending time with you. But this is a season of my life where I cannot prioritize 
more than once a month. So the let's put it on the schedule and plan for a really intentional lunch after church and some quality time. But that's the best that I can offer you in this season. And however they respond to that is up to them. But hopefully they hear my heart in it. But I don't need to be derailed by a guilt of needing to spend time with extra family members and do my duty for all these different people in my life because I just don't have enough hours in the day. As we come into the Christmas season, we want to have intentional conversations with our kids about what matters most at Christmas time. And I've been using the talk about discipleship resource that Awana's put together to talk about the Christmas story. They're in a series called Light of the World right now. And I love it because I don't have to piece together different books to read or plans or whatever, I download the guide and there is a craft and there is a story and there's a coloring book and there's a playlist and so many other things that we can interact with in order to begin intentional conversations about our faith throughout the holidays. If you want to check it out, go to talkaboutdiscipleship.com and you can get one month free with the code all caps ETERNITY. I'm gonna make note of a few other things on this list and leave the rest for you to decipher for yourself. But when it comes to the busy work that fills in the nooks and crannies of your day, like hiring someone to do your budgeting or bookkeeping or hiring someone to do your housekeeping or yard work, um, these are all investments. If it's possible to do in your budget, budget, remember that whether or not it's directly relating to you making money from that thing, it is an investment in some form or fashion, whether it's an investment to create more hours for you to work your business that you're growing, or if it's an investment to protect the peace and priorities for your home while you are spending intentional time with your children. Either way, it's an investment. I know that's a mindset shift that's difficult for some people to um, align with because I remember talking to a friend of mine at a Bible study where she's like, you know, the housekeeping elements of the house is my role as a mother. And she's she's sitting there crying and overwhelmed because she's working and homeschooling and all these things. And she's overwhelmed. And I'm like, who told you that? Who told you that it would be a failure for you as a mom if you couldn't keep up on these things? If you need help, ask for it. Something needs to give. And lastly, the thing on this list before I'll move on to the next step is church ministry or volunteer work. I just had a conversation with a friend a couple of days ago who is a full-time working woman and she's also homeschooling her children and we were discussing the you know balance and the order of these things and she said but I just really deeply want to prioritize ministry and I asked her what does that mean for you and she said well I know everything is ministry but specifically ministry with women I love and she she went off on saying all the things that she loved And I asked her, well, if committing to doing ministry in a greater capacity is not available to you right now in the season, what would it look like to still use that gifting in a way that you could prioritize in the season? It may not look like leading a women's ministry Bible study at your church, but it could be meeting one-on-one with a friend or calling somebody that you love to encourage them or sharing on your social media in some form or fashion relating to that topic. How could you still use those gifts and keep those things alive in you because you love them without overwhelming yourself? 
There's a lot of other things on this list that you can look at in the downloadable sheet, but what you want to do is circle the top 10 things that you need to let go of right away. These are the things that overwhelm you or do not fit within the category of the questions from day two. You may not have remembered to put them on the list when you made your lists in day one, but these are those extra things that you just don't have the capacity for here in this season. Immediately identify 10 of them that can go right away. When it comes to simplifying your life, consider a couple of these ideas. You can sell and donate things that you don't have time to take care of. Earlier this year, we sold a rental property because it was too stressful and the amount of money that we were making from it did not equate um, to a value that would balance out the stress that it was to manage it. So we sold it. Um, another thing to consider is not to commit to unnecessary meetings in person and online. If it could be a simple text message, then set a boundary and say, I don't have time for another meeting, but could you give me the bullet points in an email afterwards? Um, you could plan ahead the nights that you're going to cook and eat out so that you can prioritize your health while still keeping your schedule consistent. Set aside time for prayer at the start of your day. Guard your heart, your mind, and your spirit from overthinking and perfectionism. The way I start my day sets the tone for the entire week, entire day. Um, so which priorities need to be placed in your schedule? It's the holiday season and gift giving for holidays is really overwhelming for me and I know this. And so I asked both of my families if they would be willing to do the draw hat option where I'm only committed to buying one gift from each side of the family. And one side of the family was all in and the other side of the family really dug their heels in to say, we love Christmas and we love giving. And even though they said that, I said, I only have the capacity and the budget for one really nice gift for one person. And it would mean a lot and would help me celebrate Christmas to set this for all of us. And whoever wants to participate, great. And whoever wants to give more beyond that and has the means to do, then that's totally fine. But this is all that I could offer. You guys, that was a really hard conversation to have. But it's protected the peace for me and my families because I'm not ridded with guilt of not buying enough for every single person or maxing out my credit card to try to get really good gifts for people so that I can earn their love and create joy in this season, I had to get honest about what my budget and my time would allow so that I could still remain deeply engaged in the Christmas season. What do you need to do around Christmas time and birthdays for that? Around this time, I also take a moment to simplify my wardrobe and throw things away, donate things that I no longer need. Just the process of that and even the process of giving things away reminds me of the abundance that I am already living in right now where I have stuff to give away that I won't even feel if they're gone. It's this reminder for me of how good I've got it and how intentional I need to be with the assets that I have in my hands and my home. You can set boundaries on relationships and delicate house chores and keep toys at a minimum so that you're spending less time cleaning. There's lots of information and ideas in the guide that you'll download for that. 
But the simpler that your days are, the more intentional you can be and the more space you'll create for the things that matter deeply that you feel like you don't have time to prioritize right now. Moving on to day four. Day four is all about having transformational conversations. And I mentioned this just a second ago in my conversations with my family to tell them how the holidays make me feel and what I needed in order to alleviate that pressure. And it ended up being that, yes, some people dug their, dug their heels in, but others really were grateful for those boundaries because it created peace for them too. When it comes to having these conversations, it's important that we come in with a sound mind, heart, body, and soul. You are protecting your greatest assets, which is your time and your energy and your emotional well-being. You're protecting and setting boundaries around the things that matters most. And no matter how you approach it, there's going to come some conflict and there's going to need to be some conversation around this so that you're unified with the people that matter most to you to be held accountable to it. And also, you know, to hear their feedback on what matters most to them as well and how you can compromise and make sure that you're working together. So what you'll do on day four is you will bring what you've worked through so far in this challenge to a scheduled huddle with your spouse or your roommate or an accountability partner and a friend and make sure that this is an intentional time. It's not you passively calling someone and going, hey, do you have five minutes for this? It's you texting someone ahead of time and saying, hey, I need an hour of your undivided attention to go through some questions related to my schedule. I need to need to be held accountable. I need your honest thoughts and I need you fully present in the room with me. And if you are fully present, then you can really dive in deeper to address these things. The first question on the list is, how are you feeling? And the reason why this is important is... The more specific you get about the feelings that you're experiencing, the more specific you can get about the needs that need to be prioritized and also um, the problems that need to be solved. The more honest you are with where you are at and how you're feeling, the more the other person on the other table, this is both for you and for them, can help hold that emotion rather than try to fix it and walk into this process kind of knowing, okay, what's the tone here for um, how we're approaching this conversation? Like if I started this conversation saying, I'm so overwhelmed and I'm so stressed and I'm bawling my eyes out, it's going to be a different conversation than if I say, I'm feeling really content and grateful and I'm feeling present. That's totally different emotions coming into the conversation. Knowing that from both sides is super important. If reading the Bible kind of makes you go cross-eyed and you need a fresh way of experiencing scripture, I highly recommend that you download the Dwell Bible app. This is one of my favorite apps that I've discovered this year, and I have a coupon code for you in the show notes. Now, here's a couple of the things that I absolutely love that they give to you in this Dwell Bible app. They have playlists related to the feelings that you're experiencing. If you're feeling stressed or if you're feeling joyful or if you're needing peace, there's a playlist where they've gathered scriptures related to that emotion or the theme of the playlist and they set it to beautiful ambiance music in the background. You can customize it and make it your own so you can really deeply engage with God's word effortlessly. There's a link in the show notes below that'll give you some discounts for purchasing at a year or purchasing at a lifetime. I know this app is going to bless you and help you dive deeper into God's word. Go check it out. 
After you've taken an evaluation for how you're feeling emotionally, dive into questions related to the schedule. The first question is, is there anything out of the ordinary that I need to be aware of? Is there a party coming up or a sporting event or a travel schedule item on the schedule? And how can you intentionally prioritize your week and your schedule to care for these things uh, and all the details that relate to them? The second is, is there anything that needs to be taken off the schedule? When you're looking at the schedule together and you're talking honestly with your spouse about the things that stress each other out, whether it's his extra time with his friends on the weekend or he's frustrated about the extra Zoom events that you're on, get honest and find a common ground with one another about what can go so that you can prioritize the things that matter most. The next question is, do you need to hire or ask for help for anything this week? You may not have it in your budget all the time, but do you need it this particular week, especially around the holidays? I actually was talking with a friend who says that every single Christmas season, part of the Christmas budget is to hire someone to come to her house and take down and pack up all of her Christmas decorations. And that's part of her gift that she asks for every year so that she can start January off without that stress item on her schedule. I mean, brilliant, right? (laughs) The next question is, when will you prioritize rest and play this week? Um, If you practice the Sabbath, then you already have a regular day in your schedule where this is prioritized. Maybe you could ask the question instead, What do you want to do for our rest and play day? What is your delight list? The things that you and your family have always wanted to do this week, but have not had time for the bike, the bike rides, the trips to the park, the ice cream shop, the movie nights, pack that into your Sabbath day and allow for an entire day of delight so that you guys can engage in joy together. The next two questions is, how can I help you prioritize what matters most this week? If you're going to ask it of the other person, be willing to also answer it for yourself as well. And the last and very important question is, do I have permission to offer you constructive feedback on how to simplify your schedule from my perspective? When I was making this guide, this was a question that my husband asked me to add in because he said, sometimes I sit down for these types of meetings or huddles. And it's like I've already got my um, my head on my shoulders thinking about what matters most and how to make it happen. And he doesn't feel invited into the conversation. That needs to be protected and prioritized that both voices get to fully show up and have a say. All right, now time for day five. This is the final countdown. <laughs> I want you to throw away your to-do list. Throw it away. This may be very overwhelming for some of you, and this may not be a tactic that works best for you. That's okay. I'm willing to be okay with that. I've got a couple of other options of how you can prioritize your to-do list. I will mention them at the end um, as options. But for me, having a schedule where I see where my time is being blocked off for everything that is important and needs to be prioritized in my schedule is super, super key to keeping me from being overwhelmed because there were seasons where I would wake up in the morning and go, what am I supposed to be doing today? I have no idea. And when I began throwing away the to-do list and instead putting my to-do list physically on my calendar, it kept me and my husband and my coworkers and my team all in the same 
um, page to know what needed to be prioritized. There are some things that you will put on your quote to-do list, meaning your schedule, that is flexible. So if there are things that overflow into other days and it's not a super big priority, you can always move things around. Remember, you're in charge of your schedule. If it gets put on the schedule, you still have the autonomy to be able to change it. But putting a physical time and place on the schedule where that thing that matters to you is prioritized is helpful to know that it's filling a slot in your schedule somewhere. I want you to take... I don't even know, an hour, maybe less, to really dive into this time budget sheet on the next page. If I'm surprised by so many people that do have never done this before. I did this in college, and it was really helpful to have a visual to see where I was spending my time. I was working multiple jobs. I was in college. I had a two-year-old, and I needed to figure out where I was going to have the time to do my homework, and doing a time budget was transformative for me. And so in each season, no matter what my time is being filled with, I come back to the time budget all the time so that I can physically see where is it being prioritized? Where am I missing the extra hours of my day and filling it in with mindless things or Netflix or whatever, where am I prioritizing my Netflix time? Because gosh dang it, that needs to be prioritized. I need to be watching The Crown. Are you guys watching The Crown? Because it's so good. Anyways, this is how it works, okay? Mark the times when you're eating, mark the times when you're sleeping, mark the times when you're at work, the things that are consistent, and plan out your priorities that week in a shared Google or iCal calendar. So it's helpful to maybe write it out at first, but I like putting it on my calendar that is shared with my husband so that I can just say, hey, go to today's you know day on our shared calendar so you can see what I'm up to and what you need to be prioritized as well. It ends up kind of looking a little bit like when you go to the dentist and they're going, hmm, where do I find your appointment from six months from now? And it's all the different color-coded things. That's how it looks for me. Um, but it's always on my phone. So then when someone says, hey, when are you available for XYZ meeting or for a coffee day, I can pull it up and immediately see the windows in my calendar right away from my phone. So it's always with me. That protects the peace. But let me give you a couple of other ideas if you're like, wow, that is so type A Tory and I will never, ever, ever, ever do that. Um, try the post-it note theory. This is when you choose a different color for work and for personal items and for play or for hobbies. Choose a different color depending on the different categories and write one item on every post-it note and cross it off when you're finished with that. But keep it in somewhere where you can see it, maybe in your uh, on your mirror in your bathroom or on a window over your kitchen where you can see the items on your list that need to be prioritized for that week or that two-week period, and you can cross them off as they go or even put them in order of urgency and time and the other things where it's like, if you have the space and time to get these things done, this is what you're going to spend the time on this week. The post-it notes are very helpful for me. I also find that it's helpful to make a two-week list rather than a daily list or even a month-long list than it is for making a daily list or a weekly list. Sometimes getting that big picture perspective 
helps a little bit more where I've got like a big whiteboard, for example, in my sunroom. And some of these big items, I will write down as I think about it and throughout the month, erase them. And whatever is left on my uh, whiteboard at the end of the week is what needs to be prioritized. But I don't give myself a specific time window and day for those things. Instead, I take them as they go and say, as long as at the end of this week, all of these things are finished, then it's fine. But they all have got to be prioritized in a, in a certain time and place. That has also helped me in various seasons as well. So you've got the iCal time budget theory, you've got the post-it note theory, and you've also got the whiteboard theory. And the only things that go on the whiteboard or the post-it notes or, or onto your iCal or Google Cal time budget format are the things that actually matter. The actions that if you prioritize them will help you grow and become who God has created you to be. Include and don't disclude all of the things like reading your Bible or praying or Sabbath and your Zoom meetings and your business things and your nap times and whatever onto the calendar so you can physically see God has given you all that you need, all the time that you need to prioritize what he has called you to. If you are in a season where you're like, gosh, I can't keep up God and I'm so overwhelmed, God, then you might be doing things that he hasn't called you to in this season. He gave you the same hours that he gave Jesus, the same hours that he gave Beyonce and every other human being on the planet. It's how you use them. Invite him into this process. Trust him and do it imperfectly. Go with God on your way this week, friends. Talk to you next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have a second, leave a review or post a comment here on the podcast page. It helps this podcast to be seen by other people so we can spread this message far and wide. I cannot wait until next week and I'll talk to you soon.